Hey everybody, Car Dreamer here, coming at you on behalf of D-Class Derailed and all things D-Class related. And today's discussion is going to be a spin-off of our Star Trek data conversation, discussion. Uh, this one is going to be about Star Trek Picard, which I mentioned in that previous discussion. This is going to be this is going to encompass all the like the whole entire season. So I really it's going to be a broad topic, broad reach. I'm probably going to bounce back and forth just trying to remember certain things. There will be a ton of spoilers, so please be forewarned. And with that in mind, let's get to it. So I ended up binge watching the show after the last episode aired. I, I within like two days, I had watched the whole thing. And while I had overall fun with the show, I feel it could have been way better than it was for several reasons. So this was a CBS All Access show. And I had means of watching it without paying for that. <laughs> Sorry, it just it isn't worth it. Star Trek Discovery didn't even appeal to like I can't even get behind that show just on looks alone I just can't and on concepts I I don't, um. But I love the original series and Next Generation the most, so I really wanted to give this show a chance, especially since, like Picard. I really like Patrick Stewart, so I binge watched it and. I came away with such mixed feelings and I really wanted to talk about the thing. So I know a lot of this is going to sound like I'm being overly negative to the show. And no matter what I say, keep in mind, I still think it's worth watching because I think the ending with data, his closure is so worth the journey. Data is one of my favorite characters, period. And his ending. Yeah, so well, I know I touched on that with Star Trek Data discussion, and I'm probably and I'm gonna reiterate it later. But we'll, we'll just so just keep that on the back burner. So let me try to cover the things I I didn't like first, because that's probably the longest list. It could because there's a lot of little things, and that's really what this is going to be. I don't know if there's a whole lot of major issues. I think it's a lot of little things that combine to the overall thing experience. But one of the bigger ones, I believe, is I feel like it's Starfleet in general, the Federation, and I almost feel like they really made Starfleet the enemy, even though the Romulans are supposed to be. The Federation feels like more of the enemy because it's it feels like it's betraying characters that you love. You know, the Picard, Data, these were heroes. These were these were characters that you looked up to, were a moral compass in their shows and movies, and then you do this and it feels like an abandonment. Like they're just left to rot. Star Starfleet was always supposed to be a symbol of what humans were, you know, the human race is supposed to become, evolve to, um, caring, loving, proper people who work for common goals. And even though yes, there was plenty of episodes that kind of showed there's that one person who still had those 
uh, immoral ambitions and so forth, whatever. But in general, the the populace came together. There was there was hope and a bright future. And I feel like this was just a degradation between the language, the slap in the face to Picard. Um, I I wasn't I wasn't crazy about that. I I first off, I didn't like the the cussing in Star Trek. I'm not against cussing per se. Um, I think scenes like Star Trek Generations with Data and his cursing, it was humorous. It served the it served a point of a comedic outlet for it because it's not typically done. It's out of character. It's out of place in Trek. So that's what makes it fun. This wasn't for any of that. This was meant to have it done strictly to show edge and don't do that with Starfleet. That Starfleet's anything but edge. Like, don't. Um, the other thing is Picard and his character. And there's a huge duality with the character for me. Because I love what he was about in the show. But I also didn't like him being in this position. I get retiring in general if you feel like if you honestly reach the age where you feel like you can't do anything. And he did have some factors that he obviously knew about and he was playing into like um, the disease that he has. Which I'm kind of – that end of itself was kind of disappointed. didn't play into the aromatic syndrome that they should, they talk about in – uh, the final episode of The Next Generation. That was a big plot point. Like, I'm kind of... I know she... It, it kind of ended with, like, oh, yeah, you got a glimpse, but you, you do have this defect that could lead to many things, including that. So maybe it, it was the same thing, and it took a different route. It, it took a different route. I get it. It's possible. And that's fair, but it just would have been kind of nice if it had led to the other. Having said that, um, him not being involved in Star Trek, I get he feel like Starfleet. Well, I shouldn't be involved in Star Trek. Him being involved with Starfleet, I feel in leaving. I get the principle why he no longer was with Starfleet in general. He gave him an ultimatum, and they called his bluff, and that was that. And he had good reason for doing that. Not against that. Support him one hundred percent. But I don't like the fact that he took a desk job. He became an admiral anyway. And I feel like this kind of goes against the big moment in Star Trek Generations with him talking with Captain Kirk because part of the plot point to that movie was Kirk dealing with his restlessness after retiring, doing it too soon, doing it when he could be out there making a difference. That was the point. Don't do anything. Like that's what he told Picard. Don't do don't let them do anything that will take you off the bridge of that ship because once you, when you're there while you're there, you can make a difference. Like that was the point. Like you're the one in the moment that can make the difference. Not the people behind the desk. They're not out there. They're not the ones who make the shot in the call. Kirk would know. He's the one who made the career out of it. He became a legend because of it. And Picard should know. Um, because he, he I mean, Picard had his share of command. And it was a t it was a great moment. It was supposed to be a passing of the torch moment. The scene was not a throwaway scene. It was big, so it should have been respected. Um, I I, I really would have liked to have seen that play a bigger part 
in Picard's character, his build, his development towards the future, I would have liked to have seen him take that moment to heart more. So, but what does he do? He he quit. And it's kind of like an almost, I told you so. You became an admiral, you left the ship, and where did that get you? Nowhere. You can no longer make a difference. And when you tried to push, you had nothing. You, you, you threatened to turn in your resignation, and they took it. So that was a little disappointing. Um, but he had regrets. And I think that was a regret that was subtly implied but never outright said as far as, like, he should have listened to Kirk. But I, he obviously had regret about not being able to do – make a difference anymore. There, there was – so they, they did try to balance that, I feel. Um, let's talk about Seven of Nine. So I was really happy to see Seven come back because she was a great character from Star Trek Voyager. I liked her a lot. Um, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. She is a gorgeous woman. She was back then. She still is. Um, but the character... And I understand this is way in the future. You know, This is way after Voyager ended. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But I don't like this almost de-evolution of Seven's character. She struggled so hard. She kind of went through the same thing as she, – yeah, she kind of went through the same or similar arc that Data was going through, was, and that was discovering humanity, trying to be the best type of human she could be. And this was almost as if she had none of that guidance. None of that nurturing. This is what happens if you take away all the Borg in her and just let her go wild and treat her, mistreat her. Let's, let's see what happens. And I didn't like that. I feel like that was a total slap in the face of everything that Voyager was about. Janeway certainly would not have allowed that to happen. Not with Egypt. Like Janeway, I feel they used, they did her right in the books if you follow those arcs. Where Janeway really went all out to defend her crew and to protect her crew after everything they had been through. She became deeply loyal. And I just do I that's the Janeway I would have seen or I always would have wanted to see continue. That's what I would have seen her character go in the show if they continued. So for them to allow this, I that to me is a slap in the face of everything. I liked don't get me wrong, I still liked seeing Seven in this, and I think she had some great moments, but then they were underused as well. I did like her finally being able to profess, show emotion, profess it, which obviously she was able to overcome completely since Voyager ended because there was an episode dealing how she, was, she wasn't allowed to show a full range of emotions um, but because it would short out some of her circuitry. From leftover from the Borg, but and I love that they showed this bond between her and Egypt that was very deep, and the reason that set her off on this course. I get, so I understand her where she's coming from. I just don't understand why it was allowed to go that route because, like I said, Janeway would have been in there in a heartbeat. Um, but it's really weird they set her up to be this badass, and then it totally falls flat with with payoff. For instance, there's a Borg cube 
Depp is a central focal point with the ser- uh, with the series, which in and of itself seems oddly out of place because the Federation certainly would not have allowed that. I do not understand at all how they've allowed this board cube to even be. And I understand it's under Romulan control to be more or less, but I just I don't know. I, I the existence of this thing with so many drones left on the ship seems so I, I blows my mind. It seems so out of place. So, and there's a moment where Seven of Nine is able to take over the cube. She she basically establishes herself as a new queen for that ship, not the collective, but for that ship. And she, you know, it's badass. She takes over the ship. She starts waking up the drones to fight the Romulans. And that doesn't even make sense to me. Because once she takes them over and she activates them, which that part's fine, um, the Tal Shiar... Or not the Tashiar. Uh, the the enemy Romulans basically open the sh- the the cube and eject the drones into outer space. And Seven screams in pain and anger, and that makes no sense, none, because Star Trek First Contact the movie established the drones can survive in outer space, no problem. They were on the hull of the Enterprise E, setting up a beacon, no suits or nothing. They can survive in outer space. It makes no sense now that all of a sudden them being ejected into space is really a huge threat. None whatsoever. So Seven commands a ship to go after the Romulans. There's a big chase, and it means nothing. <coughs> so, excuse me, they go to warp, and that's it. The cube is destroyed. No shots are even fired. They're, they're intercepted by another force of the planet they arrive at. It, it makes no sense. Like, it was so anticlimactic. I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. Seven's pissed. She's in control of the Borg Cube. We're going to see some badassery. We're going to see a little hint of, you know what Seven's capable of. And it's just like, <laughs> like, what, what is that? What, what was that? Horrible payoff for something that could have been amazing. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is Data's biological brother, or Dr. Sung's biological son. Dr. Sung being the creator of Data. This was so out of left field and felt so out of place. And honestly, I felt there was no need. It was like it felt came across as a desperation, like, well, we want to do this storyline with Data here. And we need somebody who's going to know what they're talking about, so let's just introduce a song. Like, no. You didn't even, you did not need that at all. And it bugs the crap out of me that they did that. Now, don't get me wrong. The character in in and of himself was perfectly fine, likable character, no need. Like, I'm not, like, there was nothing to hate about the character. It was just a slap in the face. Kind of, it's a slap in the face twofold. It's a slap in the face to fans because it kind of felt like it was established that Dr. Sung had no biological offspring. That's why created lore before data that these were his children. That's why he called them son. 
what so like what and then that's where the other slap in the face comes from or comes into play to the sun to the biological sun like because what kind of freaking you introduce this character just to give him this crap probably crap relation with the father because the father was so obsessed with his his technological creations that there's no relationship so like there's just nothing there you just created this character gave him a crap background just for the sake of that's we need this character you that was such a cop out and i did not like that but the character itself was fine so i i hope that makes sense like i i liked the character i just really hated the way he was introduced or that he was introduced at all just on principle of the fact that it felt like he did shouldn't have existed Uh, other little things like there's there's a little a special effects bugged me. The warping special effects and sound, I did not like. I miss old school Star Trek when they went to warp. You saw stars stretch out into the light spectrum, the co- the color light spectrum. You know the whole Roy G. Biv thing. There was a scientific principle to that, or at least a pseudo one. There was a reason they did that in Trek. You're going faster than light, so it broke down the light spectrum. Why did they get rid of that? And it, it was such a staple in Trek, the way Warp worked. And it started with that J.J. Abrams uh, offshoot timeline, the whole way Warp worked in there. I hated that, too. That was way too Star Wars. And I feel like they're trying to find a middle ground between the two. And I, I just – I didn't like it. It doesn't work, especially if you're going to set this back in the original Trek timeline. Then stick with what the original Trek timeline has established. Go back to these things that made Trek worthwhile. And then, of course, we have the arrival of Admiral Riker with the fleet, or Commander Riker, Captain Riker, sorry, Captain Riker. I can't remember the rank he was because <laughs> he was retired. Um, but he he arrives at the end of the, at the end of the final episode with a fleet from from Starfleet. There, if this was not cookie cutter, I don't know what is. Like this really bugged me. So part of one of the greatest things to see anytime there was a large battle in star trek was the different ships from kind of different eras even so you still had like miranda class ships were which were around back in kirk's time in the movie his movies still play prevalent prevalent roles in the next generation era of trek so you have all these different classes starships that have been introduced from uh, Nebula class, Galaxy class, Ambassador class, Excelsior class, Sovereign class, and of course newer ones since the e, the e was Sovereign, and I'm sure they've made uh, newer ones, and they did. But Riker shows up with like 200-some starships, and they're all the z- exact same ship. There is no variation at all they are all the exact same class of starship and i i i did not like it it was probably easy on special effects they only had to design one model and just reuse it a copy paste reuse it all over and over again 
But that was lazy. That was lazy. Especially because they probably had more of a budget than any of the old Treks did, and the old Treks used real models, not CGI. I don't know if that's what it takes to get variety in, in going back to what Trek was about, then they need to do that. Because this was so lazy and so boring to see the same old ships. And I hated that noise when they that they made when they exited warp. Because they didn't do that in any of the tracks. Like, so it was just weird. They, they really were trying to give it a Star Wars feel. Keep a little bit of that J.J. Abrams flair. And it was, it's dumb. The other thing that kind of bugged me, and I get, again, it's later technology. But they had holographic interface panels. And I'm going to be honest. The, the final battle... With the ship interfaces and the portal that was being opened at the end. If you watch it, you'll know what I mean. Where these alien tech thing, it had a, this whole thing had a very Mass Effect feeling to it. Mass Effect being an amazing video game series, sci-fi RPG. But that's what it felt like, a very massive thing, because it had the hollow interfaces instead of consoles. And there was a joke about that even, but Picard went to go pilot his ship, and he's reaching out for a console because that's what he's used to, and that's not what they are anymore. I, But it, it just wasn't working for me. I liked seeing the tactile, physical consoles, and I, I that's my personal preference. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that Trek and Starfleet technology are evolving. I get that. So, I'm not saying they technically did anything wrong on that aspect. I'm just saying it didn't feel right to me. That's And so, again, personal preference. But having said all of that, please, having said all of that, I'm going to discuss good, because there is good here. Um, I like that Picard's trying to make a difference up to up into the end. I like that the show is showing bonds are what make and break. Bonds hold, can hold anything together if they're strong enough. I, I, I love the message. Uh, Riker and Deanna, that whole episode dealing with them. Oh my god, that that, that was probably my favorite episode. I loved seeing those three together, like Riker, Deanna, and Picard together again. I love the reminiscing of Data. I love the humor. Um, it just, yeah, it all worked really well for me. It was neat to see them retire life. It was a beautiful scenery, too. I, I can't argue that. Uh, it, it just, it really worked. I liked the, the, the little bit of the tragic background information you get with Riker and Deanna. It was really good. I, I liked it. I think the girl who played the twin androids that were da essentially Data's daughters did an amazing job. I liked her right off the bat. I think she did a good job of, of emulating those little tiny quirks of data that you saw in her but still being her own person that was really like that was done really well um and i'm not i might as well go right to it 
So the resolution for data, as I've talked before, my gosh, heart-wrenching. Like, I cried. I've mentioned that before. I cried when it came time to resolve that, that storyline with data. Um, it was just, man, so, it was so good. So if anybody who watched Star Trek Nemesis, the final movie, and that's where Data dies, you know, it, it kind of, in the earlier beginnings, you know, Data's get wedding gift to Riker and, and Troy was a song, was singing a song in the form of, of the type of music that Riker enjoyed in Deanna. And he sang the song Blue Skies. Did a great job, too. And it was uplifting and upbeat. But then it, it, it gets flipped. So at the end, when Picard finally gets to talk to Data again, and there's that resolution and that final goodbye, and Picard's giving his speech as he pulls the three chips to deactivate Data's the simulation, keeping Data on life support, so to speak. When he pulls those, the song Blue Skies plays, but it's not it's not Data's version. It's a very slow, very almost sad. It's weird. It's an uplifting song, but it's a very sad rendition. It it really worked. And what's more great about it is the song is sang by the actress who plays Data's daughter the whole time, and she did. Uh, it's just beautiful. It it it. Oh my gosh. Like the, I like I said I broke down. It was just so good and you get to see Data go through his stages if he finally in this within the simulation he he ages and and he sees in Picard. It's not sure known whether or not Data's just imagining Captain Picard there or if Picard had a per, per, a version of himself put into the simulation so he could be there with his friend one last time as the, as the transition happening but Picard's holding Data's hand as he as he passes away and it it, it was so good it, it was really good and it was a very fitting goodbye for the character I just wish they had been able to do something like that it's way closer to the death of Data and not waiting so long oh and the overall story was decent. It was was fairly good. It, it's just a lot of little things held it back. And I say little. I know I talked a lot about it. But really, it is little things. All cumulative. I also want to add one last thing to the bad side. And that was Picard's uh, story arc resolution, so to speak. For him to basically be reset, <laughs> his, he's basically exactly what it would be just without the disease. And I don't like that at all. I don't know. It seems like a very cheap, very cheap cop-out to the whole death thing. 
So Trek has its famous deaths. The biggest one being Spock. It's still arguably the best Trek death of a main character, period. And, of course, then you got Data's death was supposed to be comparable. Um, and then you have Picard's. And it's just... I I don't know, it's weird. that There have been episodes of other Treks, including Next Generation and all, where char- main characters die, but you know that's... They're back by the end of an episode. So it maybe seems a little hypocritical. Like, I, I, you could be a whole philosophical discussion of really what, where do you, where does the line drawn? What makes those type of episodes different from this? If, if, of course, the potential for the whole point of the show is to come back for more seasons and tell more stories. Is it really any different? Because Picard dies at the end of the season due to his disease. But they manage to bring him back in a way that completely eliminates it. And Picard, But Picard's no better or worse from where he was. I mean, he's better without the disease, but he's still got the exact same physical limitations. He's only he's going to live roughly the same amount of years he would have anyway without the disease. No no added bonuses other than no disease. That's it's it. So, was there a point to this emo- they drug it out a whole season? I feel like that's where the difference is. Is this wasn't one episode where all of a sudden something happens to die, now the whole episode's about undoing it or understanding what led up to it and then reversing it. You have a whole season dedicated to he's got this disease. He's on borrowed time now. And, and this in the season when he up to when he dies is really does feel like, okay, he, he, he died fulfilling this last purpose is his, there, there feel like there was a good closure. Like it would have been a good death if he had ended there because he did, he accomplished what he set out to do one last time. So for them to then do what they did feels like they undermine that. But I'd be really, yeah. So that's my thoughts on the whole series. And I, I really hope there's uh, some of you guys out there had watched as well. Cause I'd be really curious and excited to discuss some of this with you guys to hear some feedback to hear what your thoughts and feelings were when your pants i don't expect everybody to match mine because for all i said i still enjoyed the show and really feel like it was worth watching because the emotional payoff with data alone to me that i didn't it doesn't even matter like that was so good for me but I, there were other moments that i really enjoyed throughout I did enjoy throughout the show. So I do feel like it was an enjoyable ride, even though as a Trek fan, I had all these neck nitpicks. So I, I just need to emphasize that. So I, but really curious to hear what you guys had to say, please. You can email me at, uh, or you can direct message me on Twitter. I should say at car dreamer. You can leave a voice message here on anchor. Uh, you can email me at, car dreamer to at gmail.com that's card card dreamer the number two 
at gmail.com. Um, yes, man. So, guys, please, thank you all for listening. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised I managed to go this long with it. Uh, but it's something I was passionate about and wanted to talk about. Appreciate you all, appreciate you all tuning in. Until next time, I'm Car Dreamer. This has been Derailed. Thank you all, and stay evered. <laughs>